But nothing, no, nothing beats this gift, though. What is it? <laughs> it says Steve. What the hell? <laughs> Why are there so many Steve gifts? Because the internet doesn't have enough. Steve. <laughs> does, does Angel still pretend to, on the actual podcast to like walk in on us having a conversation? She's like, oh, wait. I hear the boys now. I don't, I don't know. You should try listening to it, Ryan. (laughs) You know, on New Year's, I met a fan that told me, uh, I'm almost caught up. I'm on episode 28 right now. And I was just proud to see a fan that just plugged through all 28, 29 episodes of that. Oh, God. (laughs) Well. Let's turn over to the main stage and see what the Cowboys are up to. <laughs> Ryan, giggling, snarkling, Steven, sitting there looking like a silly head. Chris, <laughs> yes. he's researching squinting and the uh, the genetic uh, the geneticness that causes squinting. Let's uh, see how it goes. It's another uh, Freaky Friday. Oh, that was, that was good. <laughs> I forgot about that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, no, 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 just here's 15 pictures and four videos for you guys to see. <laughs> the whole argument's the best. Do I not present you with the best Coinopians? I am your favorite. This is true. This is right. true. I've brought you such great things as the uh, Rougarou. The Rougarou. The Rougarou. <laughs> Never forget the Rougarou. Rougarou is pretty good. <laughs> We're laughing at you. (laughs) I do enjoy saying the Rougarou. And and you know, funny enough, Ryan, every person I bring that up to, they have no idea what I'm talking about. So it's very (laughs) undercover-ish. That was on the podcast? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for hopping in. Meeting again tonight. Your most favorite night. Thursday night. After Jeopardy. And the one that what's his name is on the bald guy with the funny mustache, Steve Harvey. There you go. Love that guy. Family Feud. Hey, da, da, da. All right. Um, I have a question for each one of you, but before that, you need to introduce yourselves. We're gonna go in the most perfect order, and I can't stress that enough. It's the most perfect order. Now, that question is: If your life's boss battle was to happen. What video game song would be in the background? Got it? Got it. All right. We're going to go in the most perfect order. And the first person is Ryan. Oh, wow. This is supposed to be the first time ever. Good good evening, Quinopians. It's your favorite cowboy, Ryan. Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. You're in for a fabulous hour or so of grade A premium content. I'm going to give you every inch tonight, just like I always do. Every single inch. Now, if my life was a boss battle, Angel says, yeah. I'm not, I will not only tell you what song it'll be, I'll perform this song for you. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> I can't wait. It would be the Final Fantasy VII battle music. You going to bring out a flute or something, like a recorder? Acapella, baby. Oh, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, strap in. All right, ready, ready, ready. That's it. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Every inch. Every inch. Every inch. You got to make that face too. Enjoy that three and a half. All right, thank you, Ryan. Next up in our perfect order. Wait, 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 wait. hold on, hold on. <laughs> so I just Googled Ryan's Final Fantasy VII remake battle theme. There is uh-huh. a YouTube video where it plays for 10 hours. favorite, <laughs> dude. I fucking love those videos. So, and I hit go on it, and it sounds exactly the way that Ryan described it. There's like this bald guy here, but it's all... It's building up. There's knives. It looks fantastic. That's a great time. Final Fantasy VII, great video game. Very good, very good. Thank you, Ryan, for your wonderful choice. Next up in the perfect order, we have Steven. What's up, you whippersnapper backcrackers? It's your favorite boy, Steezy the Wicked. Happy to have you all here. I'm streaming live from your mama's bed. 
I'd invite you to come <laughs> hang out, but I'm not sure you kinky like that. Enjoy the next hour of the cast while I slip inside your mama's water slide. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so my what song? <laughs> is so there a my, lifeguard on duty? My life, my life. <laughs> no lifeguards in this hook. <laughs> Um. Okay. Life boss battle. Angel asks, "What video game song is playing in the background?" I'm not going video game song. Actually, uh, I'm going a different song. I'm going with Careless Whisper, the sexy sax song we'll be playing because my life boss is the Giga Pussy, one dick to slay them all. <laughs> <laughs> what is the <this> song? <laughs> Careless <laughs> Whisper. Oh, sexy sax. Okay. Yeah, by sexy sax. <laughs> That's funny. I love how last episode Stephen gave me so much crap for picking exotic meat is not a type of food. And Stephen heard the question, what video game song was it going to be? And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to pick my favorite song and call it good out there that has nothing to do with video games. You uh, wrote new rules for the game. So I'm just abiding. The dude abides. Dude abides. Thank you, Stephen. Next up, Chris. What up, Coinopians? Here for a fantastic episode this evening. You got us, the boys, talking, laughing, snarkling. Got it all. Got it all covered. Even we might even we might even mispronounce some words tonight. We'll see how wild it gets. But uh, you know, it's <laughs> a the... wild night. Is fucking mispronouncing. <laughs> <laughs> one of uh, one of my most uh, cherished and loved video games of all time is the Super Smash Brothers series. So it first came out on N64 where you'd play various uh, Nintendo characters like Donkey Kong versus Mario versus uh, Star Fox. And there's all these great battle scenes. Well, once once uh, it got to the Nintendo Switch, they introduced the character Sonic. And when you play the Sonic level, there is a song called Sonic Heroes that is uh, mighty fantastic, and it's got this nice rock and roll going on to it. I mean, dude, sometimes I would just turn the game on and just wouldn't even fight. I would just like have that blaring in the background. But Sonic Heroes, Super Smash Brothers, fantastic. Oh, that's great. I actually have a few playlists of that. Just several playlists of like Sonic games, music. It's so good. City Escape. Oh, it's a good one too. Oh, I like that. I he drops the, the in chemical level. You know how that one goes? Up, down, left, right, hold no, down, no. A, press, C. And then someone goes... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you guys gave me so many flashbacks. I'm like, God damn it, I can never beat this level. You know, fun fact, Christopher, about Super Smash Brothers? What's that? Your guy's favorite cowboy, undefeated. What? They're li- oh. There are liars out there in this world that'll claim <laughs> that they've beat me, but don't believe them. It's all lies. Undefeated and... I will Smash. gladly smoke you in Super Smash Brothers. Any character, anytime, Christopher. Well, any do character, it. anytime. We're going to do a Jigglypuff versus a Yoshi, because that's going to be oh. the most unexciting match. <laughs> that is, that is um, really boring. But Ryan, correct me. Do you remember when when you're playing Jigglypuff, if you push down and B, I think it was down and B at the time, uh, do you happen to remember what move that did? Was it Sing? The actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's down, down B, down B. Well, one of them it sings, and the other one it goes to sleep. So oh, I think it, my, it itself goes to sleep. Yeah, someone told me that that is a super one kit, one one shot kill, and I've never successfully performed it. So I'm curious, does it truly really just put itself to sleep for no reason and it gets slapped around? No, there has to be there has to be a reason. I'm sure the heal, right? I'm sure there's a trick to it. Oh, it's a heal? Oh, it might be heal. Well, in Pokemon, he heals when he ding, 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 ding. There has to be a purpose to it. It might be a knockout. I don't know, but thank you so much, Chris. I, that's, that's a wonderful Only choice. There was a Google to answer that. I'm going to go ahead and round it oh, out. Any, any opponent in contact with it is instantly hit with a ping sound. I have never recreated that. Go ahead, Angel. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> the... the, the the last champion in the, the 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 final four in the Pokemon Blue and Red games. That was a good song. How's that one go? I don't remember, hmm. but I remember that it was pretty fucking cool, life changing. It's a real shame what happened with the Pokemon franchise. What happened? It never changed. It never evolved. They have so many Pokemon. It never did its main mechanic. And then they you give it candy, you get Giga Charizards and shit. Giga pussies. <laughs> yeah. All right, gentlemen, let's go ahead and bring up the picker wheel. 
Yeah, spin your fucking wheel. Spinner picker, spinner picker. Fuck. <laughs> Christopher! Let's oh, Christopher! Go. It's Chris. All right. Coinopians, you're in for some awesome trivia treat right here because I'm bringing you another fantastic episode of Decisions Were Made. Oh, but I want to start with Cowboy Ryan. Ryan, there was a very specific game. It was a sports game. You were very, very talented at it. Do you do you, oh, do you yes. happen to guess which one I'm talking about? NFL Blitz, legendary it, player I am. NFL Blitz, legendary player. Angel. Angel, you played football, uh, right? I play football. Play. Yeah. What, uh, what position did you play? Uh, in high school, I was a lineman. And in college, I was a linebacker. Solid. Now, so when you say lineman, just for the uh, uh, the Coinopians out there, the lineman would be on the offensive side of the ball, right? Blind side tackle. Gotcha. Now, uh, have you? So Ryan talked about this word blitz. Have you ever heard this blitz word before? Never in my goddamn life. Of course, never. It's linebackers, linebackers, when they are uh, coming down the lane, they're going to charge. That's what we you, do. Do, do. Do you want to explain to the to the audience? What 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 a, what a blitz is or what what that represents? Yeah, that I did on defense. You have your defensive line. You have your middle linebacker, left and right, well, depending on what formation you got. Strong safeties in the back, um, and then just just the linebackers are kind of mid backfield. Rush the line. Rush the line. That's all we do. Is just we just rush the line. Hey, Steven, yep. did you ever have people blitz you while you were playing fat flag football at Cal Poly? Yeah. How did it make you feel? Under pressure. Pressing down on you. Pressing down on me. All right, so everyone's heard this word blitz before. Does anyone know the second half of that word? Krieg. Blitz tackle. Blitz tackle, that's a no. Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg. I already said that. Say it louder. Say it with your chest, little ass. All right, so what does bl- what does Blitzkrieg mean? It was a it was a battlefield. The battle nope. battle of Blitzkrieg. Nope. That'd be Damn. Blood Ridge. Blood Ridge from Rick and Morty. So Blitzkrieg means lightning war. Does anyone know who developed that word or that concept of lightning war? The Germans. Hitler. The Germans. Hitler's team in particular. Fantastic. Ah, All right. right. So so we have uh, we have we're leading up to World War Two and you got Hitler's kind of he's looking around. He's like, hey, you know, I'm going to I'm going to. I'm gonna go and go ahead and you know invade one of my neighbors in France and Britain's like whoa don't don't do that thing don't don't touch Denmark and he's like okay he touches Denmark and he, and he moves in there like okay okay well the next thing is like like Czechoslovakia we don't want you going too far into Czechoslovakia and then he eventually eventually goes a little bit further and they're all they're all freaking out so you got this all this pent up tension across Europe and they're trying to figure out what to do so. Britain and France eventually said hey look man if you invade Poland we are declaring war on you we're done. What do you guys think Hitler does next? Goes back to art school. He invades Poland. He invades Poland, even though Britain and France threatened war. Why do you think Hitler invaded anyways? He didn't give a fuck. It's to show how big his dick is. How big his dick is. Would you believe me if I said that Hitler was surprised that they declared war after he invaded Poland? Yes. He was genuinely surprised. He thought they were all talk, no bark. At the time, Germany's army was like much minor and was was by no means ready to fight uh, the combined power of Britain and France because that put Germany, the moment that happened, Germany got in the ring with two heavyweights and one of them was the WWD, the, the World War One champ. So, so this thing called, so from that moment, this thing called the phony war happens, which is, uh, Britain lands like 500,000, uh, troops. France mobilizes along the Mignot line, which is kind of where they had the trench warfare in World War One. Uh, so France and Britain get all teed up. Do they attack Germany or do they not attack Germany? Or did, did they? They do? They did not because it was phony. they did not. All they did was dig in, which was fantastic because they had the bigger, badder army. But they say, you know what? We're just going to dig in. And what that gave Hitler in Germany time to do is figure out what their next step was. They're like, well, I wasn't expecting them to declare war. Now that they're declaring war, what should we do? So um, I'm trying to think of why you think Britain and France wouldn't just roll over there and crush Germany. Like why? What caused them to go to the side and just dig in and not do anything? What do you guys think? Because they they didn't take Adolf seriously. Yeah, in the aspect of like he's really they don't, tiny and he failed art school. 
So if that was the case, wouldn't you want to go beat that guy up? I mean, maybe they just wanted him to overstretch himself so he'd be easier to to defeat. Okay, a little bit of that. I'm curious if on a deep down level, if they truly didn't want to fight, regardless if they feel like they would have won or lost because they told, they said, Hey, 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 don't do item a. And then he did item a. He's like, okay, okay, well don't do item B. And they did. item B. He's like, okay, well really don't do item C this whole time. And it made me think that they were just, you know, they just didn't want to do it. Or maybe they're having flashbacks to world war one, right? Cause that trench warfare was pretty nasty. Yeah. They probably didn't want to fight they're saber rattling. Yeah, yeah. They're, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. How about how about Hitler? Just let me know if you want to like go home and we'll call it good. So you have Germany teed up on one side of the line. You got France and Britain on the other side of the line. So I think Germany's got three options. They can go south if they, if they go south and invade France. But if they do that, they're going to run into the highly reinforced Mignet line, which France built after World War I. So it was just like a all kinds of defenses and towers and things. So Germany's like, ooh, that could be rough. If Germany goes through the middle, they need to traverse the dense mountains and forest of the Ardennes Forest. Or if they go north, they just got to go through the flower beds of Belgium with general flatlands, and they can repeat their World War I strategy. Germany, north, south, middle. Which one would you guys take? Or which one do you think he took? South. South, they went straight into the jaws and fortresses of the uh, France defending. Nope, they did not do that. That would be a terrible idea. Hey, Dinkle. So they decided to go through the north just like they did through World War I. So they take one step inside Belgium, and Britain and France is like, I've seen this rule book before. So Britain and France rolls up in there. And this next thing happened. Share their screen. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sharing screen here. So you got this whole lineup right here and Germany faked going north and he decided to do put like 80 divisions through this dense ardent forest. And in doing that, he blasted through the line, cut the army in half, and then he circled up to the coast and he pinned the French army and the British army against the coast, surrounded on all sides and proceeded to stomp them into the ground. Could say he was bad at war, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking about that. He may be even he may have been an evil guy. We don't like the the some of the genocide that he or all the genocide that he did, but he was a fantastic strategist. So him in doing that, do you know that he was able to successfully knock out the most powerful army on the planet at that time? Do you know who that army was? British France. France. France had been the leading army since Napoleon's era. Napoleon oh, in the 1800s. Oh, the it was, short guy. That's right. It was Napoleon versus everyone else in Europe because everyone in Europe didn't like what he was doing. So they all teamed up and they did the battle of the coalition or the first battle of the coalitions. And Napoleon beat everyone in Europe. They was te- tag teamed up five times in a row in his era. And then <coughs> World War One happens. France uh, supplies most of the manpower. They have a lot of action in there. So France was the most powerful army on the planet and Germany was able to just kind of surround them and then squeeze them. And then fortunately, like France didn't really survive that circling maneuver, but you have the British did that whole like Dunkirk thing where all the local fishing boats came over and saved Britain from annihilation. That's embarrassing. Yeah. So uh, let's see here. Oh yeah. So, so this was the process. So Germany invades the Netherlands, invades Belgium, removes Britain from the continent, captures Paris, France surrenders. How long do you think that took? Three days, three days, a little bit more than three days. Damn. Uh, Six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. Wow. Germany was able to do that. Germany was able to get halfway to uh, Paris. They they got to this uh, city called Sedan in three days. Now I drive one of those. Now I'm trying to I'm trying to realize like what how how was that possible? How did that work? It's because they had Blitzkrieg, the lightning war, the lightning war strategy. Hit him fast, hit him hard. So he used a few different things. One, he embraced modern technology. He put radios in his cars, tanks. He also used cars and tanks. The The French uh, general did not believe in having a phone in his office because he thought it would be a national security issue. 
So someone had to ride their horse out to talk to the French commander. I mean, back in Napoleon's days, when that's all you got, that worked out. But for here, France did not decide to upgrade their stuff. So there's uh, just a bunch of Germans like sitting around like, oh, my God, why do we still do this? We have a telephone now. That's right. Just like that was, that was, oh. pretty, that was a pretty good accent. That was uh, one of your better ones. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you also had this over-the-counter pill that they signed up like so a lot of the local Germans would use it to be like, you know, if they need like a little pick me up throughout the day or maybe they're a little tired. Well, so they started uh, handing this out to all their soldiers to keep them going. And lo and behold, it had meth in it. So for the you know how I said they reached that uh, city of Sedan in three days. That's because they didn't sleep for three days. They were just wired and they were just going. So. It was just go, 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 do this as fast as possible. So Hitler gets France to surrender. Hitler went to the local Paris Museum. He found the exact rail car that Germany had to surrender to France in at the end of World War II. He broke it out of the museum and he transported it to the exact location that was where the end of World War II happened and they had to they, where they signed the Treaty of Versailles. And he forced France to sign to surrender in that location, in that train, in that era. Why do you think he wanted to do something so specific? Because it was poetic. He wanted... Uh, this is not the obvious answer. I'm just, fuck you, you did that. The, so I'm going to make you do it. it. It's actually, that is the obvious answer. That's exactly why. The uh, you have this thing called the Treaty of Versailles. Now on Netflix, they have this uh, movie on there called All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, it's a movie, and it'd be it's fantastic. I think you guys should, should all watch it. It's World War One, but it's the whole thing is filmed from the German side of like what they're thinking, what they're expecting. So when you hear like the bad music, it's because the enemy British are coming at them. And it was really interesting. It made me just kind of see and realize that I was like, oh, World War One was really just two groups of people going at each other. I feel like World War Two had like evil implications, but World War One didn't quite seem seem as much. But so you had this Treaty of Versailles. At the end of World War One, they had to sign this. It demilitarized the Rhineland. So it would be equivalent to uh, Texas. So it'd be like, hey, Stephen, you can't keep any military in Texas. Let's say, let's say you're surrendering to Mexico. Mexico says, hey, Texas, you can't, you can't keep anything there. You're like, well, but that's right on my border. And that sounds like a place I should militarize to defend myself. Nope. You can't put troops there. You can't put defenses there. You can't put nothing there. Meaning I can walk across your border whenever I want into Texas. The second one, they had to give away a bunch of their land. To all the different areas. Now, the funny thing that happened too is after they had to, they gave away this land, all of their colonies, like in Australia, in the Philippines, and Africa, all the other winning countries just took them. It was like, oh, Germany lost the war, so I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Singapore from you. You're like, wait, 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 but Singapore had nothing to do with this. Nope, it's mine now. That's a French territory. Uh, they seized all the local natural resources they had. So if they had iron mines or coal mines, they said, oh, these are ours now. Like, no, 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 but that's in German property. Nope, nope, it's ours. Uh, Germany, your military can be a maximum of 100,000 people. I mean, Germany was a major world economic power. And they were, and they said, hey, you're only allowed to have 100,000. That kind of be, I mean, United States is a little bit big. So maybe if you cut United States in half, it'd be like, hey, half the United States, you can only have 100,000 people. And you can't have ships, planes, tanks, equipment. All you can have is people. So you're like, hey, I'm a big country. How am I supposed to defend myself, right? And then the next one is they had to pay reparations. So all the winners made Germany pay for the war. Do you know how much he made? they made them pay in 1924-ish? 100 million. 100 million. So Germany in 1921 had to pay 31.4 billion dollars. Shut oh up. my gosh. you know that's like I mean even nowadays if if uh I feel like if a company had to pay 31 billion dollars in a lawsuit, that's that's a lot in 2024, let alone 100 years ago. And the rationale was you you started the war, you're going to pay for all of our costs in it. And then the the next one was uh, they there was a clause in there that Germany had to ex- they had to accept blame for starting the war. Now, how do you think uh, how do you think the Germans felt 
if they had to sign a document that said, oh, hey, we started this whole war that we just lost. Terrible. Scum. So we actually did an episode on this. Are you suggesting? No. No. Uh, Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. Franz Ferdinand was the uh, Archduke of uh, Austria-Hungary. And the local country, Serbia, murdered an Austrian-Hungary Archduke. And those two started fighting, and that started World War One. Well, Austria-Hungary, he said, hey, Germany, you're my friend, right? You'll back me? He's like, okay, well, yeah, I'll back you. And then Serbia said, hey, France and Russia, you guys are my friends, right? So you're going to back me. So did Germany start the war? No. Did their, did, their, did their drunken buddy at a bar start the war? Yes. But they had to sign a document saying they alone were the company. It's almost like, hey, Stephen, do you ever have you ever like messed up like a uh, um, a pastrami sandwich off, and suddenly you get all the blame for what happens, and no other cowboys get that? Oh, no. And the the last part of the Treaty of Versailles is any member of the alliance can choose a German citizen at random and spank them repeatedly in the city square. What? You're a liar. That sounds... You're a fucking liar. You're a fucking liar. I I made that last one up, but it gets the point across. Why are you making shit? The, tre- the, the, the Treaty of Versailles. They didn't have a choice. They had to stay. Yes. That, that's the point, though. So imagine, like, your enemy didn't just lose... But you're going to make him sign this document that's going to bankrupt his company, which it took them 92 years to pay back those reparations. Um, you're you're, you're going to have all of your populace are going to be so embarrassed and pissed off. And they're going to be like, hey, we're getting strung through the mud here. Is What do you think that treaty is going to create in the populace over the next 30 years? Well, they kind of did kill like a bajillion Jews. So Resentment? Resentment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know if no, 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 no. Re- sympathy for Germany or what? So sympathy from Germany in World War One. So the end of World War One. So Germany wasn't killing Jews in World War One, or a lot that we're aware of or anything. Um, Allegedly. At the end of World War uh, at the end of World War One, what the fuck? They had all these things happen. So when Hitler showed up and said, "Hey, Germany, German German populace, are you guys upset that France spanked us at the end, and they decided to bankrupt our company, and they decided to not let us grow, and they decided to make us, you know, not not be able to protect ourselves, and that they uh, stole all of our stuff? Are you guys pissed off about that? Because I'm pissed off about that." Tell you what, you make me Supreme Chancellor, I'm going to beat France and I'm going to have them sign unconditional surrender to me in the same trail car, in the same location in World War One, so they know how it feels. Dang. So wait, he actually followed through with his promise. Yep. He sent it all the way out there. And then after it was done, he like, I think he blew it up or dismantled it or something. That's hilarious. But it was to Stephen's point, he was making a poetic point about it. So to close this out, this this little story of, of this information, there's two things I got out of it. The first thing was lightning war. Hit hard, hit fast. Life comes at you fast. You could say it blitzes you every time. Just like when you play Ryan. He's always playing blitz on NFL Blitz. So so Steven, when when blitz comes at you, when when some someone or something blitzes you often. How do you counter that? You flick it out to your running back and have him throw the ball. Is it because you know it's coming? Oh yeah. Right? Like like you're you're ready for the blitz. You're like, "You know what? They're going to come hard and fast at me." So, if they come hard and fast at me and if I'm in a different location or I threw the ball to a different location or I reacted differently, it's because I was prepared and ready. The blitz falls apart. If France would have known that that blitz was coming, they would have reinforced the Ardennes. If they would have known that the Belgium route was just a decoy, they wouldn't have ran in there and put themselves in a precarious situation. And then the funniest thing enough is when all those uh, units got stuck or, or started lining up in the Ardennes forest, a French spy plane flew overhead and saw them. 
So as as France is driving over this Ardennes area, they're seeing this worst traffic jam in World War II history. They see all this stuff because you have all these people going to this Ardennes. They went back and they said, guys, all the Germans, they're all grouped up. They're in this one location over here. We should just rally every plane we can get our hands on. It's like shooting fish in a barrel because it's just all these cars that will blow them up will end the war. France said, no, I don't believe you. And they chose not to act on it. And they let them come through the Ardennes forest and beat them up. Nailed it. So, uh, so that would be, yeah. So, so for life, I would say life isn't fair. You know that life is going to blitz you. So prepare yourself for stuff, you know, like, uh, like I've seen people who have, uh, you know, the concept of, uh, oh, triple a, for example. So I have triple a, do you guys have triple a insurance by any chance? Yeah, like, yes. you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Super simple roadside. The idea is, Hey, if I need, if I need you to change my tire or bring gas to me or just pick up my truck and take it to my house or to somewhere that I can start, start getting it worked on something like that. Um, I think it cost it at the time it was cost me like $80 a year and I could make like two or three calls on it. Well, I had like three years in a row where I never called it, never used it. And I was thinking to myself, why do we even carry this thing? Like I could save $80 a year by not doing this. And I was talking to my coworker about it and he said, Chris, it's $80 a year. If you broke that down to like a 12 month thing, like you're, are you going to see those dollars? You're like, oh dude, I'm saving, you know, seven, seven bucks a month. Are you going to see those? I said, well, no, not really, but I'm not using it. He's like, but that's the point. He says, you're set up in a situation where if something comes at you, you're ready to flex. You're not going to break. And it's almost like you have people who live uh, paycheck to paycheck, unfortunately. And it's like, hey, man, if you get hit with something hard, like let's say your car gets wrecked or your refrigerator goes out and you need to get a new refrigerator. You're like, I have no money. I can't I can't do anything. You just break in those situations or you go, oh, I'm just going to have to live without a car or live without this. When you have the other situation of, you know, like car insurance, you pay your car insurance so that if you get in a wreck or something like that, you can use it to help defend you instead of just, oh, you're out of it or you need to go pay all, you know, all the reparations for that. Don't act like you know me. <laughs> put yourself, put yourself in a situation where you bend, you don't break. And then the second thing is the concept of dignity that allies couldn't hold back from absolutely crushing their foe. Now, it wasn't enough just to beat them, but they had to crush their economy, take their stuff, dehumanize them, all those things. And all it did was create a very... The the Germans just had another 30 years to think about it and stew on it and get upset about it. So I'm realizing the easiest human emotion out there is revenge. You're like, you know what? I'll that that guy who cut me off or that coworker or you know the 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 waitress wasn't talking to me nicely it's so easy to get revenge but what I want to say to you guys and the cowboys is you know maybe sometimes maybe maybe it's worthwhile to bridle it or hold that anger back a little bit and say you know what maybe it's not worth it maybe maybe it's not worth going back and you know what I'm going to go smash their car up or I'm going to go ruin their life because you never know when you're going to set up a situation like that where you're going to create uh, you're going to take someone's dignity and they're going to be so upset that they can't wait to get back on you. You know what, Chris? Pussies don't win wars. Sounds like you're being a pussy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say pussies win war, but I think wars have been fought over that. So you can see that. Trojan War. Yeah. Look, I don't think turning the other cheek is an effective war strategy all the time. But I do understand like positioning and, you know, it, it could it, it, it could be the, you know, turn the other cheek like, you know, some sometimes maybe sometimes that's that's the case or the road you take. But I'm not even saying just turn the other cheek. It's. Let's say let's say the guy punched you and you punched him back. But then when he fell on the ground, you said, OK, that's enough. Instead of deciding to climb on top of him and bust out all of his teeth while you're at it. That's that's where I'm. That's where I think they they cross the line. I just I struggle with this in my everyday because I feel like if you're somebody who can be walked all over, somebody who is always just like letting people do things, and you're like, ah, it's fine, it's fine. Like if I do that in my profession, like just things will not go good. People will figure out very quickly they can walk all over you. Then they'll figure out really quickly that 
they can take money from you and then they can figure out really quickly that they basically own you. So if you don't put up like a fight, like I used to get like so like nervous at work, like my boss, who was kind of a hothead back in the day, like he would just like lay into people and I'm like, oh my God, the person's going to hate us or they're never going to use this again. <laughs> but by the end of the conversation, it was like they respected each other or the person respected my boss for not like backing down or like my boss has just had proven, hey, I'm not going to back down from you. And I would say like 70% of the time that works, sometimes his aggressiveness wouldn't work. It wasn't all the time, but I did realize the importance of, you know, not taking shit all the time. So I don't know. It's, it's complicated, but they're both effective. Especially from general contractors. This guy's the worst. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's constant. (laughs) There's there's fights in every industry. This was supposed to be done two weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah. You know, leverage and all that stuff. There's like the, you could compare, business to like war easily just like in every industry i'm sure you fight with the customer or the customer fights with you and you have other people you fight with i don't know right all the time all the time baby you have to know when to be firm and unyielding and you have to know when to be like yeah man you know what you're right like let me make it right you know play by what's fair (laughs) fair is all is fine but fair can cost you a lot of money sometimes and sometimes it's better to try to be unfair to protect yourself yeah balance it out yeah i know i fucked this little (laughs) i know i fucked this little thing up over here but you know what like if i just go ahead and rip it all out and redo it just because they had like a little complaint it's going to cost me so much money or if i just push back and just say hey you know what we're not replacing that there's nothing wrong with it like deal with it and i can get them (laughs) get them to just accept it you know, it protects me in the long run because I don't know. Every industry is different, but like you know, a lot of times, just little things don't really matter too much, and uh, people get so hyper focused on such little things. <laughs> You're like, come on, guys! Oh, yeah. Bigger picture. Yeah, so how much time are you wasting complaining about this little thing, and how much money is that I've, time costing? I've had you? site meetings where you get like twelve people that don't belong in safety vests. Chris knows the type. All these dudes in safety vests and hard hats who've never picked up a hammer in their life out bitching about something that's like under a couple of grand. And you're like, everybody's salary here per hour is exceeding the problem we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, just fucking make a decision. Either say, take it out or put it back, whatever. It's, like, it's a joke sometimes. People just get caught up in the whatever. But yeah, so. I wonder why they ignored that spy plane so much. The French seem like so like old school, like they're just not willing to like accept new technology. And they're like, ah, the spy plane. Ah, fuck it. He's seems like it's too much ego. I think they got comfortable being, being the champs being, being historically the best for such a long time. Like they were by far the best. And they just said, Hey, we don't need to advance. Remember we ignored that spy balloon. (laughs) (laughs) We also ignored that Las Vegas alien. Oh yes, yes, yes. Or the oh, or the the lizard, the lizard dude on the plane. Oh yes, yes, the lady on the plane. How that that episode got lost? Remember, we got we got shut down for that one. That's right. Immediately lost. How convenient. The lizard people. Our fearless later gave in to the the uh, Illuminati. <laughs> I and showed you the audio. <laughs> right? Are you gonna have an Epstein letter? Uh... That's too dark. That's too dark. That's too dark. It's too dark. They released the names. Oh, is oh, is that where the lines at? <laughs> Rougarou is not dark. <laughs> Don't you no. ever mention that's, that name that's, again? That's fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's admitting it's fantasy. Oh, Damn. Cut that. Clip. Truth is out. All right, Chris, how we doing? Fantastic. How you doing? Not too bad for a Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. It's going to be Friday soon. Friday in 28 minutes. Son of a bitch. All right. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Why is Steven so much closer to the screen all of a sudden? He's focused. Steven looks like a fucking... (laughs) He's going to say the most epic bullshit right now. Looking at big fat cocks. Is that what that smiles for? He wants to get close so we can see all the facial hair he's growing. He looks like... uh, I have a beard now. I combed it. I can comb it. You got to do a Fu Manchu. You going to do a Fu Manchu? Pretty much all I can do at this point, Angel. Hell yeah. (laughs) All right. Last spin of the night. Spin that wheel. Spin your fucking wheel. Oh, it's not even dirty. I really enjoy that you actually spin the wheel and there's only one option. <laughs> <laughs> right, 
aim to please. You never know when we're going to hit the the one line. Gentlemen, it's my turn. It is your turn. Yeah, and I, usually what I do is like I have a, a, a word, right? You guys try to guess the, the dumbest <laughs> words, but I'll tell you right now, my words are fucking on point, friend. Okay? They are the fucking best. But I'm not going to be doing that this week because this week I have... I, I want to talk about something. It was like four words you said. Yeah, I want to uh, talk about something that we that uh, that I've been doing lately. Um, you know, when you're at home and you're watching shows with your significant other, and uh, sometimes we watch shows that you like to watch. Sometimes we watch shows that she likes a lot, or she or he or whatever you are. Well, there's one that we watch that she likes. It's called uh, Ninety Day Fiance. Oh, I love Ninety Day Fiance. You love 90 Day Fiance? Oh, Colty! Oh my god! That is so funny, dude. I forgot about that. They've had Colty. They've had 10 seasons of that. Vegas. Then you got Colty 2.0. He fucking came back to Chad. It was so cringe. I haven't watched it in many years, but I used to enjoy it, yes. Yeah. Well, that wasn't. That was in the near future, or in the near past. Past? Future? Past? I don't care. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, for those of you who don't know what it can... It, okay, so like I'm, I'm going to break it down for y'all who don't know what the show is, but it's really rare that nobody knows what the show is, but whatever. Um, what the show is, it follows couples looking to acquire a K-1 visa. For those who don't know, a K-1 visa, often referred to as the fiancé visa, is a non-immigrant visa issued by the United States. It allows a foreign national engaged to a U.S. citizen to enter the United States for the purpose of getting married. The marriage must take place within 90 days of the fiancé, fiancé entering the United States after the marriage. The foreign national can apply for adjustment of status to become a lawful permanent resident, a.k.a. green card holder. And the visa is specifically for couples planning to marry and reside in the U.S. So, this is basically Americans trying to bring their fiancés to America, like from foreign countries or whatever. They got 90 days to get hitched. I have a problem with its sister show. There's a sister show? 90 days the other way. Yeah, what the hell does that mean? It means Americans are going to their country. But their ultimate goal is to bring them back, correct? No. They plan to stay there. That's true love. And not be, not so give up their American citizenship to be, you know, South African or something. Yes. South African. That's actually one of the latest women um, coming to visit his uh, her fiance. The dude is like from South Africa, but like in like the South Africa that has like a lot of crime. There's a lot of dudes from South Africa on that show. Yeah, dude. So this guy specifically, he like he's had his house broken into a couple times, and she's like, "Oh my god, this place is so cool. I'm with my fiance." And her mom came along, so she felt safe about it. But then the minute her mom got off. She was, like, calling twice, a, three times a day to her mom. Oh, my God, I'm so scared. It's really dangerous here. You know? And the guy, like, what pissed me off is the guy said it, like, a hundred times. Like, oh, it's really dangerous here. Very security. You sure you want to do this? You sure you want to be here? She's like, oh, my God, of course. There's no big deal. And then the minute, like, her safety net, whatever, her, her mom is gone, it's like she starts freaking out. And I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, she knew. And then there's another one where there's this little white kid from a flyover state. He's going over to live in the Philippines and not like the resort Philippines. It's like the Philippines where they're like, they do construction offhand. You know what I mean? It's it's really, he doesn't mind bugs, which is kind of funny, but I don't know. It's just kind of, why would you do that? Why would you, why would you go to the Philippines? You know, it's actually uh, one of my coworkers, he met. I think he met a girl that lived in Australia and he got to know them very well. Uh, she had a kid and she ended up having cancer. And so she was flying back to, to Australia to uh, fight her cancer. And he ended up marrying her, leaving the company, moving back to Australia and she's recovered. Huh. And now they're all living in Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because it's the same thing like i've never heard it being the other way i, I think it's probably just because i'm super stereotypical that i'm thinking everyone wants to come to the united states instead of wanting to go somewhere else but i could get down with australia i think i could get down with australia as long as i don't go into the bush or into the water if i just stay in my house i should be okay but it's one of the lesser scary places i could think of yeah that's actually because like the wildlife is pretty goddamn dangerous but it's like 
relative to the rest of the world, the civilization places. And I I feel like I would always be more afraid of people than I would be of animals. So I think there's like very sketchy areas in the world where there's a city that I'd be absolutely terrified to be in. Yeah. Seems like she's living in it. There's another one. There's another one. God damn it. Oh, yeah. So there's this New York, this girl who lives in New York. She's like in her late 30s. Yeah, early 40s, whatever. And uh, she's a teacher. And she went to the Dominican Republic. And at a resort, she met um, what was to be her future husband. And uh, I guess, like, they were really, like, I don't know. I don't know if they didn't communicate about their finances. But apparently now, he, like, wants to break up with her. So she, like, left everything in the United States to be with this guy. And um, he's not happy with her a year later after they discuss, uh, he discusses with his gym friend that, uh, you know, it's been a year with an American and, uh, I don't, I'm not like rich. I'm not, you know, owning villas or houses and stuff and all these cars. I still pay my own rent. I still pay my own, you know, stuff. And I'm like, whoa, dude, you know, like I get it. I guess if that's their culture, which is a weird ass culture to have, I guess, but I don't know if I can judge but then, like, he straight up tells her, and she's surprised that that's his answer. I mean, there's been, like, little seeds. It, it, you gotta watch the show. It's, like, fucking obvious. But I guess it's it's how people lie to themselves. So, so the guy was hoping that when he marries this American girl that he's gonna he's, she, she's gonna be, like, his sugar mama, and she's gonna have all this money, yeah. and he's gonna be, I'm gonna be out of debt now. This is gonna be fantastic. I think that's an example of, I feel like it, I feel like it only goes the other way. Like if you're, you know, if you're a construction worker in Colombia, you're getting paid X amount of local dollars a day. Um, But, you know, if you go to if you go to Iowa in the United States, you're getting paid X amount of dollars. But if you go to Southern California, man, my electrician is making like one hundred and twenty dollars an hour. So I think it comes I think you could plug and play almost anybody there. You could take someone outside the United States, plug them in there and they could be making a decent amount of money. So it's more of. The, the payments on the location, and that guy had it backwards. He thought, if I just brought an American to my country, she would bring all these riches with her. When that was not really the case, it would probably be the other way. It's really weird. Yeah. I don't know why he would think that. I agree. It's like, put two and two together, friend. I don't get it. What was his country? Uh, the Dominican Republic. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's... I think Dominican Republic, I get the impression that there's a lot of tourism that goes through there, but I don't get the impression that there's... Uh, I don't know, like, is there a, is there a huge demand for construction? Is there a huge demand for software companies is, you know, our regional oil fineries setting up out there? I don't know. Yeah. Kind of feel like you got to go where the money's at. Yeah, I agree. But one of my favorites is, um, this, she's like 75 years old God, (laughs) and is, is going to marry this, uh, 20 something in like the middle East. I forget what country. Yeah, baby. I think it's the middle East. Egypt. It's in Egypt. Oh my goodness. Apologies. Wait, so the chick is 70 and the dude is 20? Yeah, he's like, she's like 75 and he's like in his 20s and he's kind of wonky eyed and he's an artist. Like, he goes to the cafes like every other day and sings his poetry or whatever you do, like a slam poetry bullshit. And then, like, straight up, after like they, he, she keeps pressing him or asking him about, Hey, you know, like, where are we at? How are you doing? Like, we need to start discussing, like, the details. She's like, I don't have much time. And then he gets so annoyed, he actually comes out and says, I'm only with you to go back to the United States. And she's like, I thought the plan was to stay here. Like, I already sold everything back in the States. And he's like, no, we're going we're gonna to change plans. We're going to go over to the United States. And I'm like, holy crap, that's hilarious. Because he, like, straight up said it to the camera. And at the end of these series, like, there's a, there's a tell-all. So everyone comes on stage and they show like the secret clips and shit. They like expose everything. And some of these characters have been on multiple seasons and like yeah, what they do still fucking surprises me. <laughs> Big Ed's been on multiple. Dude, he's my fucking favorite. So they did <laughs> This is so stupid. But um they did a a thing where uh, it was kind of like the all the 90 Day Fiance, they did like a, a an island retreat for all the failing marriages. It has, like, Kalani and then the guy from Samoa that she picked up. And then, uh, yeah, Big Ed. And- Wait, they're not together anymore? Kalani and the, 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 the man-child? Yeah, yeah, the man-fucking-child, dude. They're not, they're not together anymore? Oh, 
Can I can I provide a spoiler? I'm not going to watch it. Spoil away. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, turns out she so she found out that he was cheating on her when he's playing volleyball. When no, when he was in Samoa. Oh, like he went back to Samoa, and the way she found out was when he came back. She looked at his tongue and was like, "Why is it so white?" Mm. Goes to the doctor, finds out it's vaginal yeast. <laughs> <laughs> so he had vaginal yeast oh, on his fucking tongue. Oh boy! And uh, flavor was so you know. <laughs> hey, sweetie, how'd that get there? <laughs> I, don't know, I was licking a lot of bread. Um. So what happened was after after that he gave she he basically like they started fighting because of it obviously, and then um he gave her like the opportunity. You know what? You can have one on me. And uh, when she met the man-child, she was a virgin. So, the only man she's been with is him. So, she went out, did the deed with somebody else, and now she's in love with that guy. So, that's why they're coming to the island. And turns out she doesn't, she doesn't stay with man-child. She goes to the new guy. Oh, no. It's crazy. Well, what happened to Big Ed's neck? Like where did it go? He got he got too buff. <laughs> That's a big. <laughs> is that what it is? It's got to be like a bone. So f- I was like, who is Big Ed? And then I look at these pictures. I'm like, oh, I've seen like that guy rub, like pouring cold water on himself and just like shivering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are my favorite views. <laughs> no, why? Why am I missing that gif? He's such a piece of shit. <laughs> God, he's a piece of shit. Uh, big Ed. But yeah, this this whole fucking series of like really bad decisions just it it drives my anxiety through the roof that these people keep making bad decisions. Do you ever get to the point like when you're watching these shows that you can't physically watch them anymore? Yes. Uh, like, say more. Mel will watch stuff. Um, <laughs> there's one that's really bad. I'll get to it. But like she'll just be watching a reality show and they'll be having like a conversation that's just like so awkward, so cringe, and I physically feel it. And I'm like, dude, shut this shit off. I can't watch this shit. Like I'm having like third hand <laughs> or second hand embarrassment or whatever that's called. There's this one that she watches, and I'm sorry, it's a little fucked up, but uh, it's called Love on the Spectrum. Have you guys ever heard of it? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She watches this. I love this it. Is odd, like it's um a dating show and it's serious. It's not a joke or anything. It's a serious show for people who have autism to date each other because you know, life is not so simple socially for them and uh, they date other people with autism. But what happens most of the time is that they go on a date and they just proceed to have like massive panic attacks with each other. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds really entertaining. They're yeah. They're coached on like what questions to ask another person. Cause like, on uh, like autism, they focus inward a lot. So like for them, they're like coaching them. Like, Hey, you need to ask them like, well, what are you into? What are your hobbies? What do you, so like when they go on dates, it's so procedural. So it's like, what are your date? What's your hobbies? What TV shows do you like? And it's like, Oh yeah, me too. But the minute they don't have something in common, they start freaking out because they don't know what to say anymore. Oh, and yeah. I can't watch it. I get to that point. I'm like, I, I can't do this. I can't fucking watch it. It's fucking making me so anxious and it's making me feel so weird. Like I tell her to shut that shit off and she thinks I'm crazy. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> like, this is so like, yeah. I don't know. But like, then I don't know like if the show is ethical or not. Like, are we profiting off of like kind of circus, like making a circus out of this? Like they're doing it seriously. So you feel like, hey, they're doing the right thing and like raising awareness for a certain like, you know, thing that's a struggle for people, right? Like dating while on the spectrum, like they're raising awareness for this and they're trying to like make people feel normal and maybe give this, but then also we're all just kind of watching and laughing at their shit or not. No, Steven, I think that's just you being a dick. Don't laugh. I I know I I like fucked up shit, but this is awesome. Have, Have you guys, speaking of ethics, sorry to cut you off. Have you guys heard of the Japanese game show victim? Nasubi. No. This guy was put in a room full of cameras and uh, was told he like won a contest or whatever. And he was a comedian. Uh, went into the, went, they put him in a room full of cameras and uh, nothing else. Literally nothing else. Uh, and they told him, take off your clothes, give us your clothes. And 
the only way you can get anything, food, water, clothing, is by filling out like these the sweepstake cards and magazines. So on the wall, he had like a bunch of magazines and like a pen, obviously, and realized really quick all he has is water. He doesn't have any food. And like a couple months later, he finally gets a small bag of rice. And yeah, he they, they do that to him for like a year. And ratings were like fucking phenomenal. They were crazy. Right, so he was just in a room filling out sweepstake cards. Yes, just living there. That's it. And, people and then watched they like it. at one people, dude. It like fucking broke records. At one point, like it got so popular, they had to move him. So he like recalls getting a bag over his head, getting in a van for like six hours, and then they put him in the same exact room. <laughs> like they mirrored it. <laughs> he thought yeah, he like won or something. Clever. Yeah, and the the goal was to fill out sweepstakes, and whatever the value of what you won um, gets added uh, to like a list or whatever, like a sum. And as long as it's over, I think it was like ten thousand dollars or something like that, then you win. And they did it to him like twice. <laughs> what was the show called? Nasubi. And at the end of it, it's so good, dude. They like put him in a box on a stage to look like his room. And then, like, once he finally wins, like, they, like, rigged it to win, He o- they open the walls, and he's, like, exposed to, like, the entire audience. And they're all, like, clapping. He looks so confused. Nice. Yeah. It's really fucking. <laughs> What's going on? I, mean, I I feel like he would have a hard time, like, getting back into society after that. It was, yeah. He had a lot of uh, issues. He had no social contact for, like, a couple of years. Besides the producers. Ethics. Business ethics. I just pulled up Nastubi. He's riding a bicycle naked. Yeah, he won a bike, dude. <laughs> he, he's so fucking. He's so excited about a bunch of shit. Why is he always he, naked? He, he's naked all the time. He has no clothes. <laughs> he took his clothes away. <laughs> the reason they called the show Nasubi is because apparently Nasubi in Japanese is eggplant, and they would use an eggplant icon on the screen to cover his junk. So that's why it's called Nasubi. <laughs> Nasubi nice. reported being sweaty and hot and clothes after going through the reality show. And for the first six months, he had a hard time communicating with people. Okay. Isn't that great? Oh, after going through the reality show, he was sweaty and hot and clothes because he was naked all the time. It was the whole time, oh. dude. Oh, yeah. It's an eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. Uh, I'm going to watch it after this. That was my favorite. I watched Moist Critical review it. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you, Stephen. You were saying about... Uh... No, no. I was all done with my thought process there. Okay. 10-4. Um, all right. 90 Day Fiance. I still haven't watched it. Still won't. But it's mostly because my boss goes, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. You need to watch it. And I'm like, no. Not doing it. Just- it, is, it is the best of the trash TV. I agree. But it is pure trash. I do watch. The- you, you can you can sit on a couch and just melt into it for for hours upon hours. I but could it watch it if it was on the a Netflix. Of trash. If they cut out all the commercials, but I'm not watching it on TLC. It's, or it's Bravo on HBO. Or okay, HBO yeah. Max, baby. Which I thought I canceled, but I somehow just got switched to a commercial version of HBO. The Max. Hell yeah, yeah. That's uh. The other one is A Thousand Pound Sisters. You guys ever see that? Oh, yeah. I watched the first season of that one, too. <laughs> Don't get me started. I will for sure get us canceled right now. I can't talk about things like that. I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it. It's very inspiring. There used to be this subreddit. I don't know if anybody ever knew about it called Fat People Hate. <laughs> I want to see this. And my roommate would go. My roommate, it's not there anymore. It got banned because uh, Reddit went through their whole like censoring phase. And it was like one so of the first annoying. ones. But. It was like literally people who just get extremely mad at morbidly obese people. Like like that? Like like the Family Guy episode? Like the 600-pound sisters. Lois's brother. I don't know. But like my roommate would go on it. I'm not talking about a little over it. Like they would be like mad at like – they would get mad at people. Like it started off as like a – oh, like I'm mad about like the Lizzo movement, right? I'm mad at the – I'm a big woman and I should be told I'm beautiful. And people would like, I hate that. I hate that people like, like embrace unhealthiness or something like that. Right. But then it spiraled into just people like bullying fat people. Just like, just like, just destroying fat people. That's why they got banned. Cause they were just like too many witch hunts for like fat people. <laughs> That's so funny. But, I, but I, I, I get it. Like I hate seeing these shows where you have these people that are like, 650 pounds right like they're just in a bed 
at their house. Well, all day. when did that show start? Because the Thousand Pound Sisters, that's a whole series, series, right? And I started watching it. I only watched the first season. And when they did that, they were going to the doctor for weight loss surgery. <laughs> but I see pictures of, like, the mean sister. And, like, they're still the same. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Well, I guess the one of the sisters, the wonky-eyed sister, had uh, two kids. The wonky-eyed Dude, she fucking scared the shit out of me this last show. She... Poor thing, she's going through a really tough time right now, but it, it just got me. It just got. She started crying and like looking up, <laughs> but they're fucking. Yeah, they first started in 2020. They're fucking walking, so she looks like a fish, like a catfish. Go ahead. My favorite thing about those people that can't get out of their bed is that there's like always some jabroni just sitting there, like enabling them, right? Like just feeding them everything they want. And they're like, I want McDonald's. And he's like, no, I don't think so. And they're like, bitch about it just enough. He's like, fine, I'll go get it. He's like, just stop doing that. They can't go get it themselves. Just stop. Yes. Well, no, it's because they have like a fetish. Yeah. So like, oh, Isn't that yeah, Sugar yeah. Bear from, yeah, like, uh, what's his name? God. Remember Sugar Bear? People are weird. Like Mama June's uh, boyfriend. Gummy Bears? Or Sugar Bear, who's like this really like short. Let me see. What do you got? <laughs> They are so large. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like a waterbed. There's wonky eyes. Anyway. Yeah, I enjoyed the first season of that I show. I really, I really like that doctor that's on all those shows that they go visit for the weight loss surgery. <laughs> and he's got the golden stethoscope. Yeah. <laughs> and he's so, he's so mean to them. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I have a lot of things. I'll stop eating all the pizzas. <laughs> eat the droopy, the dog-looking like, motherfucker. <laughs> I saw the yeah. I saw the one where he's like, they're like, "Well, I need to eat. I haven't eaten anything all day." He's like, "You don't need to eat for like four months. You're fine." (laughs) (laughs) It's all stored. You don't even need to eat for four months. I was like dying laughing, and the bitch was like so mad that he said that. She's like, "Excuse me." (laughs) It's so funny. It's just the shit they'll put on reality on reality TV. You got brought here in a (laughs) (laughs) U-Haul. <laughs> uh, it's so sad because TLC used to be like an educational channel. The learning like, channel. The learning yeah. channel. <laughs> it's just pure trash. Isn't the My Spoon is Too Big cartoon ads like weren't that part of the learning channel? Do you guys remember those? No. I don't know. My no. Spoon is Too Big. Oh my God, I got to show Sounds you. like a gay <laughs> ass YouTube channel, dude. <laughs> it's the guy who like waxed his ass with Nair. Uh, so I think he was hired to create like. Uh, some like commercials for the the learning network uh, or some cartoons or something. And he, like, he's just a weirdo. And like, okay, here we go. Rejected. You're so excited. I'm trying to find a link. Oh God, I can't look at that. What is it? This is 10 minutes long. I think it's... <laughs> I've never seen these. <laughs> it's scenes. so stupid. What? It's internet gold. That's so stupid. The family learning channel. I see it. <laughs> well, that was ridiculous. Yeah, go watch 98 Fiance if you haven't. Uh, but if you have anxiety issues or just really get really mad and really dumb decisions, don't, don't watch. Uh, it. I think I think those shows are successful because it just makes you feel better. About I think so life. too. Yeah, just, just knowing how much like. But more put together you are than these these people who I like, think they can fly a mail order bride from across the world and everything's going to be peachy. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's this week. That's all you got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much for contributing to both topics, Chris and and my topic. Um, let's go ahead and close it out. We'll do this mm. briefly, swiftly, so that we can all get to bed. No more, no more newsletters. Oh shit! I forgot about the newsletter. Yeah, real quick, real quick, because I've been like, I can't delay it. Here's the mail. It never fails. (laughs) Your number one fan is the subject line. Oh, who is it this time? Hello, better not be fucking 49ers. Your number one fan here. No one's favorite cowboy was wrong once again on the spook-off episode. The Niners destroyed the Commanders and his precious lines lost to no one's favorite team, the Cowgirls. 
The same weekend, helping hand the 49ers the number one seed in the NFC. Just here to be quality control. Keep up the great work, Cowboys. First of all, the 49ers barely beat the Commanders. At halftime, it was quality. up by three. For, for a supposed Super Bowl team, you really struggled against one of the worst in the league. Congratulations. Beating mediocrity. And the Lions were stolen by bad refs. That's it. Lions oh. were robbed. That is a known fact. That is Lions it. were robbed. But it's okay. Okay, let's go around the horn. Um, you can send your email in at coinopcowboyspot at gmail.com. Ryan, let's hear you sign off. Good night, coinopians. You're welcome for every inch you received in this episode. Ugh. But I promise you, you'll get every inch again on the next. Ugh. Good night. All right, thank you, Ryan. Next up, Chris. Hey, thank you, Coinopians, for another fantastic evening. A uh, special shout-out to uh, Perry and Brett for giving me this World War II Blitzkrieg in-color Netflix uh, phenomenon that I get to enjoy and feel and chase down. So, uh, hey, next time you're in a traffic jam, just remember, uh, you know, your traffic jam is not nearly as bad as the one that uh, started World War II. So, it only gets better, fellas. Good night. Thanks, Chris. Lastly, Steven. Yeah, whatever fucking Chris said. Uh, anyways, Matt bleaches <laughs> his teeth. He bleaches his teeth forever. He has no right to claim that he has perfect teeth. Yeah, why is Matt They're talking fake. about his teeth? Yeah, you should listen to episode 30. Yeah. Because I forgot. Yeah. I might want to stay caught up. All right. That, we're out. Mm-hmm.